everyone doing? How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? Can I get a little more light? All right. Yeah, that's okay. Again, I'm here. It's Saturday. Barely Saturday, but still Saturday. Um, I don't know if I'll get this uploaded by midnight, but we're here. We're keeping the schedule. Keeping the schedule. Two weeks in a row. Um, was running around because first day of a raw food fast and um, I've been out gathering stuff. So I had uh, spinach, onions, red cabbage, and a couple of peppers. And that's it. That's what I had. I mixed it up and had that to eat for dinner. So that was pretty good. Um, and that's how I'm going to be eating in the next um, supposedly month. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> the people I'm doing it with are kind of struggling. Um, raw food fast and not, not for the faint of heart. But I will probably keep minds up anyway. Even if we don't do the whole month, maybe we do a week. Um, I probably would do the raw food in the morning and probably drink something hot at night, like hot tea or something like that. Because you, a lot of times when you do the raw food fast, you get parasites from the, you wash off the fruit and vegetables or whatever you have, but you can only do so much. So that's why I'm late today. Um, I'm going to, after I do this, I'm going to fix my background. Put some more pictures up. Um, so today I have my trusty book. <laughs> I have my trusty book, theories of theories, dictionary of theories. And what I want to talk about today is we see the changes in is in the air. We see that things are transforming into something else. Our society. United States and really around the world but I know the United States because I live here but I try to watch global news and um, try to keep up with some events can't keep up with all but it's not a transition where we're evolving from an expansionary type of mindset we're having a social transformation um in the sense that everything's getting so bad, everything is collapsing and falling apart. And out of that, you're going to get some kind of transformation. You're going to get policies from the ruling class that try to keep us somewhat stable, the rest of us, after they've taken all the resources and hoarded it. They're going to try to leave some down just to give it stable enough so that they can still have a society that's recognizable because we are a dystopia at this point and we could fall into a complete hellscape depending on what region you're in depending on what um, state and city and town you're in but you got to remember we're all connected so <clears throat> you can get from New York even though we're surrounded by water we have bridges but you can go upstate um, 
and you know through the bridges you can get to other parts of the city and state if you live in new jersey you can get anywhere in the rest of the country you can get everywhere in the rest of the country from everywhere in the rest of the country and so if you live in a city in a town in a city in a, a state next to you goes down you'd have to try to protect your borders just like they protect the borders or try to protect the borders on the Mexican, on the southern border. And um, so I think, I don't think many people want that to happen. Now, I think some people do, but I don't think most people do because you have to think about it. Wealthy people want to have power so that they can exercise that power on the rest of us. But if everything collapses and they're living behind a compound, behind a wall, or in a in a um, bunker, you can't really exercise power. You can't enjoy it, and they want to enjoy it. And so today, I'm going to talk about power, and I'm going to also talk about why it's partly our fault, and maybe a m lot more blame than some of us will want to admit. That we're in the situation that we're in. Because we have allowed. And I don't speak to me. Because I've done my part. And I'm sure some of you have done your part. But you know. In general. We have allowed. Insane policies to take place in our society. Insane actions. And we felt like. Well if I'm not suffering personally. And my family's not suffering personally. And in the black community, I can't even say that because everybody has family member who suffered. But we just kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, well, I'm doing all right and moved on. Well, that kind of attitude has a price and we're paying it and we can't ignore it anymore. Um, these mad things like um, mass incarcerations and mass uh, <clears throat> blocks in terms of who gets to work where and who gets to go to school where and who gets to learn and who gets to expand themselves all of these blocks these gates that have been put around people to keep them from expanding themselves and succeeding has, has left a lot of people feeling like or believing that they are less worth less than they are and a lot of people believe in they're worth more than they are because we've let them run amok and nobody challenges them. And when they challenge them, they flinch a little bit and we cower. So <clears throat> we're going to read the definition for power because people need to know what it is. It's, it's, it's a conceptual thing. Power, politics, sociology. Theory of individuals and groups' ability to achieve their ends. In social relations, power is exercised by persons and inst or institutions acting in such a way that their interests or wishes prevail over those of others. They are thus responsible for the consequences. There is dispute, however, over the extent of which they need to be aware of these consequences for it to be usefully said that power is being exercised 
And it's very important. That's why I'm always talking about institutions and systems. You have to be an institution person because in order to function, human beings were always part of institutions and systems. Your family is an institution. Your clan is an institution. Your group is an institution. And so we don't think about it that way, but that's the way human beings have always been. And it's the only way we can function. It's the only way we were able to build societies like this, complex societies like the one we live in, where you have all these systems and institutions running together. Um, They've been running together in a very insane way and in a way that holds certain people back and helps other people get ahead at 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 our expense. And any system like that is unsustainable. And it takes a lot of resources because it's not natural. It's natural for us to be expansionary, all of us. And I'm not talking about utopia. You're always going to have problems, but you're not supposed to have these artificial gates and blocks to keep people from doing things. You're not supposed to have these gates and blocks to keep people from learning how to do medicine, how to become engineers, how to become architects, how to become... Um, biologists but there are a lot of blocks and in this society that keeps certain people ahead at the expense of everyone else and <clears throat> the everyone else number is becoming way too large and we've reached modern technology or technological um, advancement enough that we don't really have to do that anymore everybody can actually succeed <clears throat> But we, we, we keep, or some of us, keep trying to keep the old way going. It's like you have an old, you have an old automobile or old machine. And it makes noise. You turn it on, it runs. But none of the pieces inside are, are working well. So, yeah, it runs, but it doesn't produce much or produce anything at all. It just runs. For the sake of running. Now the pieces that are still in that machine. Are going to be good. Um, They're going to work. But. They're working. But the machine itself is not. And that's where we are. If that makes any sense. And. We are the blame for that. We've been voting for. From local level. All the way up to the presidency. We've been putting people in charge of our society to push public policy that really are terrible people, empty people, um, crooked people, corrupt people, uh, just um, delusional people and saying, well, we don't have to do politics. I got too much things to do. I don't do everything we do is politics. Everything we do is institutional. There is no individual There's no individual success or failure. Now, we are individual people making contributions to the whole. But as far as how far we go, it has to be an institution. I don't know anyone that's not a part of an institution. From the time you're born, you're part of an institution of at least three people. And if you're like most of us, maybe one of those people who made you goes away or is not always there or something like that, but you're still part of an institution of two and still really three with a with a person that's out there <laughs> sometimes or 
not stable, which can have a, a, all kinds of effects. So then you be you you gain friends. That's an institution. You go to school. You go to first grade, second grade, kindergarten. Whatever. That's an institution. You're already institutionalized. So pre-K now people are going to. So I mean, this is institutions are the way we do it. It's the way human beings have always done it. And we ignore that. We pretend like, oh, it's individual, it's individual. We do things individual. And uh, sure, we use that institution when we need it, but we only do politics. We don't do politics. We don't do politics. Got to do the politics. Got to do the social work. So I created the Connorsense Center. I was doing the work, but I hadn't um, made it official. So I created it. I created an LLC. I couldn't create a non-for-profit because I don't. I didn't have enough money to do it that way. Um, <clears throat> and I knew if I did a non-for-profit that I wouldn't get the grants. Because years ago, I tried to get a grant for what I wanted to do. And the guy told me there was an advisor here at um, York College that deal with grants. And he, he sat with me for a couple of hours. He said, yeah, what you want to do is good. He said, they're not going to give you the grant to do that. Because what I want to do would have worked. And when he told me this, this was like a couple of decades ago. This was before the 2020 Great Reset. So I never really did non-for-profit. That kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I, and I noticed that a lot of non-for-profits, they focus more on just keeping themselves going than actually any kind of purpose. And... A lot of non-for-profits, it just became ways that people with student loans that couldn't get jobs anywhere else was just creating non-for-profits to pay off their student loans and to make a decent salary. I know at least a lot of black people were just trying to make decent salaries. Black people with masters and PhDs, and they weren't going to get it anywhere else. The only other place you can get it is being a professor and you have to go through a lot to become a professor and a lot to become tenured. And again, walls and gates blocking you. And it don't matter how famous you are, how good you are, how much you're published and all that other stuff, they can block you. But they find all kinds of excuses. Cornell West wasn't even getting given a meeting to um, decide on his tenureship. And he said, I don't even care if you if you don't give me tenure. I just want at least to have the meeting. I need to at least get the chance, the opportunity to um, make my case for tenureship. They didn't even give him that. And this man is a global intellectual. And I think it was Harvard just denied him tenureship. And people were like, what? Everybody was like, what? Even white people were like, what are you and they don't have to. And that's been our reality. If they don't have to do it for him, <clears throat> imagine what the rest of us were getting. So, um, and I think a lot of us woke up to, oh, things are as bad as people like Tim were saying. Because I've been saying things like this for decades and nobody's paying you attention. Things are really rough. So we've had the black president, we've had black attorney generals, mass incarceration got worse, prison systems got worse, 
<laughs> Lynchings got worse under these people. And so we're right back to where many of us who is telling you all the time, that's not going to be a solution. It's a symbolic gesture and it makes you feel better or, or, or maybe shines a little light on you, give you a little motivation, which symbols are good. Symbols have some power, but it didn't do enough. And what we should have been doing is exercising real power, educating ourselves and our children, not just handing them over to an institution that's run from way out there that has that don't have our children's interests at heart. You can see that now how the schools are not safe. Um, all these suburban schools getting shot up. And it's very interesting that I heard a politician say, we don't want to have metal detectors in our schools because it's not a school anymore, it's a jail. But black schools in New York City have had metal detectors for 30 years. I was getting wanted with metal detectors when I was in high school. It started when I was in high school, maybe junior or senior. They used to wind us at the door. So, um, why is it good for us? But the guy said, we're not going to do that because then our schools are going to turn into prisons. And I've been telling black parents that for 30 years and they've been telling me I'm wrong. So again, a lot of things are coming to light. Um, we need to make a lot of changes. We, the people, us, all of us have to do our parts and support each other in expanding ourselves and take control and power back for ourselves. Even crime and punishment, we should have a, we should have power over that process. There's a group in Detroit that I think some of them are ex-military, maybe all of them, but these, these guys, and they go through the neighborhoods with their guns because I think Michigan is a right to carry state. And they secure the neighborhood. They go to the gas stations, go in, ask the guy, has anybody bothered you? If you ever need any help, we're going to make sure, try to clean up the neighborhood. I heard recently that someone raped an elderly woman and they're looking for him. So this group of men who are just really basically community patrol. And they, you know, it was a video of them walking around introducing themselves to other people. I mean, to people and going to the gas station at night when women are there by themselves and saying, hey, we're so-and-so, we're security, we're just trying to make sure the neighborhood is safe. <clears throat> and so that's power. And that's the kind of power we need to exercise. With this, I don't know why you're sending your child to schools with all of this tech we have or all of these websites, including mine, that we have with all the information and analysis that we provide. All of the educational classes that I provide at the Connorson Center. Oh man. oh, man. My class on fighting for a fair society, dealing with um, basically the Klan versus abolitionists all these years, and how they use media, how they use politics, how they. Oh, it's a great class. I did a class on Toni Morrison, I did a class on. Uh, on uh, <clears throat> Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man. I did a class on Smedley Butler's War War is a Racket. Good class. Great class. You got it. Oh, man. It's a great class. I did a, um, 
Before you join the military, you should take my class with Smelly Butler. Um, on Wars of Racket. I did a class on oligarchy using a Christmas carol. Great class. Um, did a class on Malcolm X. Um, how he was a great leader and motivator and why using his speeches. I did, what other classes? Oh, I did a class on 1984. I did a class called Journalism 101. And that's my most popular class on one of the platforms I use. So I'm gonna use this on multiple platforms, so I don't wanna name either one or another. <clears throat> but that's that's popular class. So, um, because the pla that one particular platform, it'll take classes off if no one takes them. My journalism one-on-one class was the first one I did two years ago, and it stays up there. People still take it because you have a lot of podcasters, journalists, independent journalists, but they don't have the basics as far as what we were taught with the who, what, when, where, why, how to ask questions, how to show up on the scene and find, figure out who knew, who knows what how to ask particular questions. I've been turning my short stories to screenplays, so I have a class on writing the screenplays, um, open screenplays, ones that actors and directors and all can use and malleable and shape. Um, so they're more, they're, they're, they're more than treatments. They're, just, they're screenplays, but they're kind of open. They're not too closed. And some directors like that. You know, some don't, but some like that. Because most of the time, producers and directors are going to make changes anyway. Um, and actors like to be able to make their own little contributions anyway. So that's why I write them that way. Um, so I'm hopeful that we will start to exercise power. I don't think we will have a choice. We will need to have power over ourselves. Even things like where we live, apartment buildings. I live in an apartment building. You might hear the people outside. One of the things that's going to happen in New York City, if they don't do something about housing, is we're probably going to be left abandoning these buildings. Right? We'll be left in them. Um, large real estate companies own the buildings, but they own so many properties, they can't keep track of them all. And this one is kind of okay, but on the verge of being in disrepair. But I try to patch it up and keep it going as much as I can. Maintenance maintenance department is awful. Um, you complain and maybe two months later you get something. Uh, so, but I can see a day when everything collapses and these management companies just say, ah, forget it. If there's no police to go serve evictions and put the people out, we're not going to do it because the CEO of a management company, a real estate developer and all of that, they're not going to come to your door and evict you. They got to send the sheriffs. They got to send the marshals. They have to send the police. And if the police are like, ah, we're not doing that. If things fall down to that, to the bone, which they almost are, then I could see us having these building. I mean, I think it's eight of us in this building. Two on each floor. No, I'm sorry. Six of us in this building. So we would be responsible for keeping the building up. But that's power. We have to exercise that. We should be exercising it anyway. 
but um, you have to have be in a building with people that you that you know and that you trust. Um, that's why I would like to be in a bigger building. So at least if you have a floor, people, you can function with the floor and the floor above you and the floor below you. Uh, that way you don't need everybody in the building, but you can kind of function and then grow. But this is a very small building and um, we speak different language. Well, at least I speak a different language than the rest of the tenants, but we get along well. We get along pretty, pretty fine. And if that happened, we could keep it going. I, I think we could keep it going. So that's one of the things you have to talk about. So cooperatives, worker cooperatives, living cooperatives, food cooperatives, growing food. A lot of um, gardens are sprouting up in New York City. This is power. This is what it means. Food production and distribution. And actually, there's so much food that grows in the United States, you really could just do distribution. If you can figure out a way to get all the tons, tens of tons of food, um, I think it's like 40 tons of food. Somewhere between 10 to 40 tons of food gets wasted in the United States every year. And if we can figure out how to just distribute that differently, you know, then we'd be, um, it'd be a different world. Because you may not be able to just grow your own food everywhere enough to feed everybody. Of course, we would have to eat less and that might be beneficial too. So, um, I want to just say it's our fault that things got like this and there's two choices that lay before us either we can come out of our fog and do our work to make the transition um, let me see less painful because at this point it's going to be painful either way or we could just sit and let nature take its course and it's going to be really painful but on the other end it's going to be good because everything that, that that those of us who said being more unified being more cohesive helping each other that's the way it's going to be in the end it's the only way you're going to be able to survive but we can do it a certain way that even with climate change and all the natural disasters that are happening the transitions will be less painful so I don't have faith we're going to do it that way but I still should put the video out to you. That's one option. That's one choice. The other choice is going to happen. But either way, you we're going to change. You're going to have to change. Or you can die out. There's not much choices. Because evolution is part of our natural process. We have to keep evolving. We have to keep evolving. And we've been regressing for a long time. So I'm happy that we're evolving. Like I said, I, I, I'm... A lot of people need to be forced to be dragged into the new world order and they have to just, you're just going to have to drag them. And a lot of young people are going to get to live not with the same struggle that we had. There'll always be problems, but not with the same struggle, not with the same gates and walls blocking them from functioning. So I'm happy about that. Until Tuesday... Um, speaking of food distribution, I'm going to a pantry next week. Um, I go to a pantry every month. So a couple of them I go to to get fresh vegetables and fruit. And um, it helps me function.
So you see how little support I get. So I need all the things I can. And um, if I can't get the money, the coin, then I can get the resources where I can and keep myself alive. Until next time, um, take care of yourselves. Be safe. And if you want to support me, all the links are there. You can support me directly by making a donation. Um, I think the donation buttons are there. Or you can... Um, so I get the links, you got donations, or become a sponsor. I don't have any sponsors. And the next time you see me, I'm going to have a nicer background. I'm getting ready to fix it up. It's not going to be so plain. I don't know how it's going to look yet, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, until next time, take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves and be safe.